tonight about executive functioning, which is something that sadly is just so overlooked and is just so crucial. Okay. Um, So when we talk about executive functioning, we really are thinking about all of those what I like to call our higher order cognitive skills, our brain skills, which involve things such as your behavior regulation. Um, And if you think about goal-directed activities of children and adults, really, um, it's the ability to be completely self-directed, to be undistracted and distractible, be adaptable to change, be flexible, It's what allows you to make connections between different concepts and ideas that are all related to executive functions, okay? Um, And it's literally, executive functions are just super, super important. They are foundational to all the outcomes in virtually all aspects of life, okay? Um, They enable a certain set of behaviors which start to appear as early as infancy but we don't really get them fully matured until we are like early adulthood um yeah so um and and what's been said is that early early demonstrations of executive functions can predict what your executive functioning potential is going to be later on in life. So, for example, um, if I realize it's bin day, okay, how am I going to respond to that? Well, often it would be a case of, oh, sheesh, it's bin day. And they come anytime between 7.20 and the rest of the day. Um, and now I have to leave home at 7.35 And I've literally just got myself ready. So it's that whole thing of, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do quickly? I need to get the the recycling, the black bin bags, the cardboard. Oh, but I had meant to put that yucky carrots also into the bin. So it's all of those things that are happening. Um, And you'll be pleased to know that it is bin day tomorrow. And I am incredibly pleased that I have already actually taken out all the bins earlier today. So I feel like I'm kind of winning at life. Okay, so that's that's our executive functioning. So when we think about it, you have the areas of the brain. So you know your occipital lobe at the back is where your vision centers are, your temporal lobe on the side, that's going to be all your auditory stimuli going to go in and be um, perceived over there. And then when we look at our parietal lobes, are kind of just over there, um, that's just your orientation. And then right at the front here, that's your frontal lobe. That's your emotions, your problem solving. Okay. Um, and that's where everything happens. That's like the main part. So when we talk about our executive functioning skills, we're really, we're looking at these areas of, you can call it brain fluency, brain flexibility, brain organization, or your brain control. When we talk about working memory, really what we're talking about is being able to remember and manipulate information in the short term. So um, a pupil or student is going to use this skill so that they can read the text um, or what's written on an English test, for example, hold on to that information, so that question, and then use that to answer the questions, okay? Um, When we talk about our processing speed, it's all about our focus and how well we can pay attention to the different information. If you have slower processing, it's going to affect a lot of things. So it's going to affect your working memory. It's going to affect your flexible thinking, your organization, your planning, your attention skills. Um, And quite often you can mistake slow processing speed for difficulties with executive functioning skills. Okay. Um, 
when we think about our organizing, so over here about brain organization, we think about planning. That's when we can think about strategies. We can create really strategic and organized approaches to reach our goals. So you could take it really in terms of, I have these tests this week, therefore I'm going to approach it this way. Or I have to order these items um, for groceries and I'm going to do it this way. Um, and, and that goes in quite nicely with your prioritizing. So looking at what is the most important, what is, how are you going to order that in terms of their urgency? Okay, so if you have to, for example, um, <coughs> if your phone's ringing, but you also need the bathroom, you should really prioritize going to the bathroom over the phone ringing. Um, or you can multitask and take the phone into the bathroom. I don't know. You can see if you want to do that. Okay. We talk about brain flexibility. So that's going to be how well we can change our perspective, how well we can change our attention. So it's, it's shifting your mindset. Okay. Um, and, and it's also shifting how you're doing one mental task and then going from that mental task to another one um, or to think about many things at once. Now, we all know multitasking is actually not um, that effective or we aren't all as good um, at multitasking as we think. Okay. And then again, changing attention is keeping track of multiple tasks. So if you think of cooking, you know in your head that the roast needs X amount of time and potatoes need this amount of time and you just kind of do it. So you just, you look really busy. You look like you're in control because you are, you know that you need to keep track of a range of different activities, okay, or different tasks. And then we think about um, self-monitoring. So a lot of this is if, if you think about your emotions and thinking about past actions, okay, and that ties in particularly well with your self-regulation. So managing your emotions, managing your behavior, your attention, being able to control your emotions. Um, and, and if a child or an adult has executive functioning difficulties, it could be any of these. It could be any combination of these difficulties as well. Okay. Um, so if we were to think about executive functioning in terms of what those difficulties could look like um, is just keeping track of time, um, being able to make plans, but also being able to stick to those plans. Okay, I can, I can make loads of plans, but I need sometimes a bit of extra support, either that which I'm putting in or someone else is putting in for me to actually stick to those plans, making sure that work is finished on time. So deadlines are super important. I find external deadlines are much easier to stick to than ones that I'm setting for myself. Okay. Um, you are thinking about multitasking. Anything that you've learned previously to solve problems. So I've learned that taking out the bins on the morning is just not a good idea. So now I take it out the night before. Um, analyzing any ideas you might have and then looking for help. So if we think about um, what the difficulties with working memory will look like. Okay, so this is going to be when you're really struggling, if you're thinking of old older kids struggling to take notes in a lecture so writing and listening at the same time um it's it's where you can have so if you're thinking of your working memory where you can have just this massive information overload where things just come at you too quickly and you actually can't keep up with it um if you find mental maths really difficult so there's the um the math equivalent of a wordle is nerdle um and and that's really about your mental maths and about all of those kind of the brackets and that you know that type of thing um struggling to think about multi-step directions and 
and following them out, okay, um, quite often it's those kids or adults or, or pupils who will put their hand up because they want to say something and then they've forgotten what they wanted to say. Um, and it's the ones if you if you need to reread text just to make sense of it or you have to or you struggle just following the flow of the conversation. So if you have a big group and you've got people saying different things and they are all kind of building up from what other people have said, being able to follow that is going to be incredibly difficult. Okay. Um, if we think of your difficulties with mental flexibility, so this is where you might become fixated on aspects of a certain routine. So you always want to wear the same clothes, sit in the same place. Um, and that's just because it's easier um, for you to do. Sorry, it's a little fly. Um, where you struggle with any transitions. So when you have to go from one class to the next or when it's a weekend or a weekday, um, when the teacher says, oh, sorry, guys, we've got to do school photographer today, but no one knew about it. Um, so it's it's being able to switch those gears really easily. Okay. Um, if you think about difficulties with um, how you're going to do that impulse control. Okay. So careless mistakes that you're making because you just want to get the work done okay if you think about as soon as there's a problem right I'm just going to give up because actually I can't cope with it I can't um I'm just gonna shut out the answer because I can't raise my hand I'm just gonna do the task before the teacher said I can start or I'm going to ask questions before the teacher's even finished giving her instructions, um, where you might have that they just avoid their work or struggle to take turns interrupting other people. Um, and then when you think about the whole planning side that I mentioned there, that's going to be, you know, where you can't break down a task, you can't chunk it into smaller pieces, you might get stuck really, really easily, you hand in your assignments quite late or your reports quite late. Um, you are going to find multiple choice questions much easier than open-ended responses because it's like, when do I end? I'm just going to keep on, keep on going with this. Um, making decisions can be incredibly difficult. Um, okay, so that's that's another big big side of things when you think about that emotional control um and so if we just I'm just going to go back to the slide when you think about that emotional control so just the slightest provocation and you're going to have a massive outburst okay you are you're going to say well that's just unfair just really quickly say something is unfair you're just going to overreact you um you can't see any problems through. You just struggle persevering. Um, mood changes. It, it looks like you don't care about other people's feelings. Okay, when we talk about our task initiation, it's feeling so overwhelmed that you don't actually know where to start. Okay, where am I going to start? What am I going to do first? How am I going to prioritize this, um, putting something off right until the very last minute or asking for help? when actually you know the answer and you don't need help. Okay, when we talk about our self-monitoring is, am I putting in enough effort? Um, am I recognizing that my behavior is affecting other people? You know, am I talking too loudly or too quickly? Am I checking, like reading the room? We'll say, read the room, read the situation. Um, or you might just be annoying without realizing it. Um, and then just about that organization piece over there, it's losing assignments, losing pencil cases, losing library books or your phone. I lose my phone several times an hour, <laughs> not even a day. Um, you know, it's, it's not being able to use a planner, even if you've been given one, um, and, and having things that are just really untidy and they just look really messy, like your desk or your bag or your backpack. Um, 
it's it's trying to organize things and store them in a certain place but actually you then forget where you stored it okay um and and the reason i'm i'm smiling is because executive functioning goes so hand in hand with adhd and i mean i really have to i really struggle with so many of those things um that i really have to work have to work quite hard um to to make sure that things are on time okay so if you think about planning you're going to plan what you need to do organizing it oh i've made a spelling mistake there organizing it and then executing it so that can be anything from getting dressed in the morning brushing your teeth um you know your homework planning going to a different school or a different location or planning going on holiday for example all of those um you have to be able to manage your time for that you have to be able to think okay how long is it going to take me to do x y and z and then being able to do that okay um now when we think about executive function we think why is it so important well you really if you have poor executive functioning you're really going to struggle to look after yourself so you're going to struggle to do your personal hygiene you're going to struggle keeping track of when last did i wash my hair or wash my clothes wash my bedding um when do i need to um you know brush my teeth twice a day have i done it have i remembered to do that have i remembered to sort my clothing correctly before they go into the washing machine have i remembered which clothes will actually go into the dryer and which won't um have i actually put deodorant on so it's being able to look after yourself and doing things in the right order all the time okay not getting easily distracted by that so um it's also really important so that you're on time so if you manage if you think about your day if you plan and organize what's going to happen so i would be late if i don't do the bins the day before or if i don't wake up an extra 10 minutes earlier to do the bins and even though doing the bins takes about 3 minutes i need to wake up 10 minutes early because my planning is so bad and i get distracted so easily that it'll be like okay i've got loads of time and then i'll just go off on a tangent and then i'll still be late okay um and that's just managing your time keeping track of your belongings the number of kids who um as walking behind some parents um and the kids yesterday and the little girl was saying oh i can't find my phone i think i've lost it again and the mum was like oh not another phone you've lost um you know just keeping track of your belongings feeling of the number of coats that's lost or shoes um and parents spend so much time labeling but things still just get lost okay and that goes in really well with not making the same mistake again so it's taken me many 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 wednesday mornings to realize it's been day before i've actually decided or realized i actually can't do it on the day i have to do it the night before okay so you're going to learn to do that you're going to problem solve you're going to think okay um my bin is full what am i going to do so my neighbor would get into the bin and stand on it stomp it down but i can't do that because i just don't have um enough motor skills and motor planning skills so i'm going to go okay i'm just going to try and squash it down and then just put it on top and hope that the bin man takes it um yes yeah, so it's being able to do that problem solving is going to be fairly important um okay so when we think about how can we help our kids how can we help ourselves um we are going to practice often a few times a week you're going to practice that same task over and over and over and you might just start with okay we're going to practice it 
and you're going to scaffold it for them. You're going to increase how hard it is for them and, and how hard it is to challenge them. So you might say, okay, we're practicing today, you just doing the Velcro of your shoes. Or we're practicing today, you are just going to do, I will help you with all the bits of your dressing, but you will do your shoes on your own. And then you'll add more and more and more whenever you can. And always try and add a physical activity because a lot of kids need that movement. They need that physical activity in order to learn. Um, and so that works quite well. And then something I do say to parents is think about your own executive functioning. Think about the areas where you struggle and try and sort those out um, before you try and then try and help your child um, because it's just it's just going to make it so much easier and so much less stressful if you can sort all of that beforehand okay um, so then if you think about the home place so I guess if you're a childminder this is a lot of the stuff where you can start building this in at home is you set a routine. So routine is you get home, shoes off at the door, straight into the shoebox, coats off at the door, hang them on our pegs, book bags go. Immediately you'll walk and you'll put the book bags, ideally somewhere close to the door where mom can then come and take things out or you will take them straight to the kitchen table and take everything out there. Then you'll have a snack. So Having that routine and being consistent with that routine is just so, so important. Um, you know, setting aside a set time. So you might say, okay, we'll get home, we'll have a snack and a relax, and then we'll do homework for X amount of time. Um, I hate homework. I hate the idea of homework. But what I do say is if a teacher says, this piece of homework should take you 40 minutes, I will only do 40 minutes and I will write this is all they managed in 40 minutes rather than make a child or sit with a child to do something for an hour, an hour and a half, because that's just not fair on anyone. Okay. Um, setting rules, setting consequences for their kids, kids who understand the consequences that actually you can't have screen time unless you've done at least 40 minutes of this bit of homework. You can't go and play online or, um, you know, watch TV until you've done X, Y, and Z. Um, and, and just setting those as the rules. Um, but also being consistent. I can't stress consistency enough. It's just super, super, super important. Um, you know, help them by breaking down tasks, by saying, okay, so you need to do um, three pages of maths. Okay, we're going to do the first five questions, then we'll have a drink. Then we'll do the next bit and so on and so on. And we need to be modeling that for the kids. We need to be doing that for them because they don't quite know how to do that for themselves yet. Okay. Um, so we talk about things like your memory games, helping kids stay motivated, helping them be organized. Um, and then, you know, thinking about teaching them self-control. Actually, if I can do five minutes of this, then I can have a little break rather than, oh, I just can't do it. So they can see that there's an inherent reward in what they're doing. Um, and then just teaching them to think about actually, have I put in the best effort? Have I done the best job for me? Have I... Have I really paid attention? Did I rush my work? Um, and, and just getting into the habit of consistently saying, I'm going to ask these questions so that that child can know, can start learning that actually these are the things that are, are important and this is how I can know if I've done, if I've done the right things. Okay, um, in terms of setting that routine, just incorporating your daily chores or your contributions. Um, everyone can help. If it's a two-year-old, they can put all the plastic bits into the dishwasher. They can take the plastic bits out of the dishwasher. You know, they can put the 
they can all do something um, and and making that visual kind of checklist or that visual chart or whatever's going to work for your child if it's a a whiteboard if it's pictures that they have to take off and put it on the next one so they can see what they've done what's now what's coming next what's coming later okay using a calendar for older kids for example using a diary um and and using time as if they're not going to cause too much anxiety um i had a little girl i was working with and she was saying please don't set the timer because it makes me really really nervous and i was like okay but how will we know how am I going to let you know when we're close to the end? And she was like, oh, just tell me when I have like three minutes left, but I just can't like look at a timer or see a timer. And that's, and that's really good because she realizes what she needs um, and how she works best. Okay. Um, just some examples of really simple um checklist you can use so I had just on Saturday I had a little girl say she finds it really hard um because the parents have just separated and she says you know they do um the Wednesday to Wednesday schedule and she says she finds it really hard to know where she's going to be and her dad has got a calendar like the one on the right of the screen there and so she can see when she's there where she's going to be and what she's going to be doing but I believe her mom has hers on her phone. And she said, you know, she finds that really, really hard and it it really stresses her out. So I suggested, well, why don't we just get her a simple little A5, you know, the um, really thin little um, school diaries and they can sit together and write that in and that will go with her book bag, which goes everywhere with her for pickups and drop-offs and attach it with um one of those coil little keyring holders. So she always have her diary with her and she'll know where she's going. And that was really important to her. Um, it just helps her feel more grounded and feel more organized. Okay. Um, so a simple checklist. It's it's whatever's going to work for that child um, and for you and for that parent. Um, in terms of homework, it is super important that you just you just set that homework time after school. You make a schedule. Um, as I said earlier, you're going to incentivize them. And, you know, doing that homework as soon as they get in. And I think Fridays are really hard for doing homework because quite often it's like, oh, it's a weekend. I'm just going to relax. But actually what you find is that that homework doesn't get done until Sunday and then everyone gets really, really stressed about it, um, especially when they've got to take in like 500 things the next day, but they didn't tell you. Yeah. So, again, we're talking about our rules there. Um, and it's, it's important that the rules, as far as possible, apply to everyone. Yeah. And, and that's going to teach us teach that child some self-control it's going to say actually and if I don't do this I won't get that or if I do this I will get that um so I can't shout out in class I have to wait my turn I can't push someone on the bus just to get in front of them because other people aren't going to be as patient so it's about starting to get that self-control going okay um we talk about just breaking your tasks down um can be really it gets more and more and more anxiety provoking as a child gets older so we need to help them say okay we're going to do this especially with like projects and things like this they usually kids will start off really well and then the next three weeks will just fizzle out and suddenly it's the night before that assignment is due and you realised you've not done very much on it, okay? So it's just helping them to plan. So say, so, okay, let's work out a schedule, how are we going to organise it and how are we going to make sure that we're on track for that activity, okay? Um, and there's just the simple example of a book review. Okay, um, we talk about on the next slide, your motivation. So a lot of kids find it really hard 
to feel motivated or to get motivated and, you know, doing things like your homework or practicing your times tables or, you know, practicing your spelling because a lot of the teachers want them to write it out. They just find it so, so incredibly boring and they just, it's just not motivating to them at all. And so we need to do some external motivators. So this could be star charts or rewards, um, you know, it could just be verbal praise and praising what they've done. So not just saying, oh, good job. You could say, oh, I love the way you started that activity and you finished it. Or I love the way you um, took a break, but then got straight back to the work afterwards. So kind of praising what it is that they're doing, you know, thinking of of saying, okay, what else can we do as a motivator? So you know, we could do, we could do yoga, we could go and do some paintball, you know, where you could earn a lot and accrue all of those kind of things, um, doing things like I spy. So after every 10 minutes, we're going to do a quick round of I spy with my little eye, that type of, um, that type of thinking. Okay. Um, and and trying to incorporate things perhaps if you if you're doing a game which they really really enjoy or playing a musical instrument um, so just something that they're gonna get that success from but also that enjoyment where they're feeling like actually this is you know this is great I want to keep on getting this reward um, organization a lot of schools now have lockers especially for the older kids. But just helping a child learn to keep everything of theirs organized. Um, I always say have a clear pencil case, especially when they're older, so you can see everything that's in there by just that first glance rather than spending hours looking for something. I also say separate your color pens and pencils from your key um, equipment that you might need, for example. Um, keeping everything in the same place. So it will always be in that place. We always do um, hair washing on a Sunday and a Thursday or things are just always, always, always happening in the same place. Um, You know, using those little folders that either zip closed with each thing clearly marked on there. And if your child can't read or if they are struggling with the words, just having a picture of what is inside there on top or having it clear so they know exactly what it is that they are wanting to do. Um, And when we think about organisation, if you ways that you can incorporate this is trying to think of, so if they're going to be doing anything that they're going to be contributing to at home, anything that involves kind of sorting and categorizing. So, okay, I'm going to get all the forks, all the forks go with the forks. Um, When I'm helping with the laundry, I'm going to put all the socks together and I'm going to put all my pants together. Um, Storing the groceries, for example, all the cereals go in one place. So they start learning about organizing and how they can put things which have the same function or similar functions together okay um a good thing for organizing is is playing card games where you've got to hold the cards in that little fan and keep the cards so that they're fanned out but they're also held close to you rather than the cards going everywhere and that's teaching them to organize those and then within that you can then take it further so if it's uno you could say we'll put all our red cards together so organizing it that way um helping kids develop a hobby that is about organization so um if they want to collect say pokemon cards or they want to collect rocks or coins it's being able to work on their sorting skills to work on you know oh this one's a level three attack or injury so we'll put them all the level threes together okay um using your visual charts um charts writing everything down so little whiteboards are amazing for that um having your checklist just crossing things off as you go um laminating cards um pictures 
and then cutting them out and then sticking them on with, with Velcro is really, really important. So I use in therapy sessions, we have kids either write down a list of what they want to do or we give them a visual chart with Velcro and after each task, we have them either tick it off, cross it off or take off that picture and put it on the other side. So you are trying to continuously be working on their organizational skills. Um, and, and that's really useful. So if they get into a model, they can always just go, right, let's go back to the list and see where I'm at. Okay. Um, and then just, yeah, loads of other ways that you can, you can work on that organization. Um, but then with that organization, we are then going to talk about our self-control. Okay. And this just develops over time. So you, um, so yesterday I was doing a, um, a workshop for girls who are at a boys school, which has now become co-ed and they're 18 girls and every once a month they do a tea and talk for girls. And I was there to do, it was all about self-care and relaxation. And I did a hand massage, but one of the activities was mindful eating and it's about getting, we had to give out minstrels. So you, the girls could choose either a minstrel or a little um, fruit pastille. And then the person who was taking this part of the course was saying, right, just hold it in your hand. Don't eat it. Just hold it and look at it. What does it look like? And then she went through all the senses and, you know, what does it feel like? Now hold it up to your ear. What does it sound like? And everyone just got one. I was sitting with a bowl. And I had been giving them out. I must have had like 12 before everyone else could like taste this because I just had like zero self-control. Um, but also that self-control can change depending on your situation or the day you've had. Um, I had a hard day yesterday. And so I was like, actually, I'm just going to dive right in and have this. Um, and with self-control, it's really important that you establish this trust. So when your baby is waking up and they're hungry, their parents are going to pick them up and they're going to feed them. That child's going to learn that actually he will get what he's needing or what has been promised to him. He doesn't have to do it immediately. Um, and he's going to then go, okay, now I know mum always gives me X, Y, and Z, so I can wait a couple of minutes, um, even though she might seem busy at the moment. Um and then, and then being able to do that, being able to practice your own self-regulation and your own emotional regulation towards your child. Um, and it is a practice. You do have to, you know, because it's not, we are just human um, and we need to show emotion as well. And I, it's, it's super important that we show that emotion and also then show what we're going to do with that. Okay, so if you think about being able to de-escalate dramas or to be able to soothe your child when, you know, they are really upset, it's actually going to build a brain or a child who's able to calm down more easily. Um, every time a child is, is, is soothed or they are comforted, their brain is going to strengthen all of those neural pathways. It's actually going to soothe and regulate their emotions. So eventually she's going to allow, her, uh, allow herself to soothe herself. So being able to stay calm is just super, super important. And that takes, it takes practice, you know, because there are days when I'm like, just go away, just leave me alone. You know, I can't cope with this. But what would be good to say is actually I've had such a hard day. Just give me one minute. I'm just going to go to the loo and then I'll come back and I'll help you, you know, just to then make that shift and also say, actually, I'm just going to go and take some deep breaths and, and actually do that and practice doing that so that they know that everyone has these feelings, everyone has these emotions. And practicing that makes them know that actually when they have big feelings, for example, it's not wrong. Okay, but also being consistent. Again, I know I keep on going on about this, but just consistency in all areas is just, um, it's just really, really important. Um, and, and just helping that child become aware of what is expected and for them to practice the self-control. So after your homework, you can go play. And if you just do that over and over, that child's going to stop saying, oh, can I go play now? They're going to know. As soon as I'm done, I'm going to go play. And that's how it always is because 
we're consistent. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really hard to keep even and to be really calm tempered. Um, but yeah, we need to practice, 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 as I say. Okay. Um, with our self-control, we're then going to be looking at our questions that you can say, that you can say, now, how do you think that went? Do you think you did your best possible work? What are you going to change this time? Um, you know, are you, I can see you're disappointed or you look like you're not happy. What is it that you're not happy about? Um, and just asking them to think about how they're feeling um, and just to help them think, actually, have I been successful? Have I not? Could I have done a better job? Um, and obviously how you're going to do that is going to change as that child is older. Okay. Um, yeah. And sometimes you, you will find that you still need to say, actually, do you remember when you did this, that didn't work. So how about we try this this time? Because sometimes the kids can't see where they're going wrong or what they're doing. That is actually a struggle for them. So you need to guide them and say, okay, so this time you spent um, too long on that part and not enough on this part. Or you um, <clears throat> you didn't tidy your room or make your bed in the morning so when you went to bed at night it, it, it didn't feel very nice um, or you left your wet towel on the floor and I didn't have time to pick it up so you had to dry yourself with the wet towel later in the day. Um, what can I do to help you remember to do that? Oh you want me to put a picture up in the bathroom let's do a visual that says have I done this? Have I put the cap on the toothpaste when I was finished? Have I rinsed out the basin when I'd finished brushing my teeth? Did I hang my towel up? Um, so putting those things in place to help them because, you know, we need to be the ones who who absolutely model, um, model that for them. If we then think about so other kind of tips that you can use or other things you can try is just making accommodations. So thinking about what the child is realistically capable of and how you can tweak that, how you can scaffold it and what supports you could put in place for them. So saying, okay, I will give you a clear pencil case. Um, I will attach your locker key to your bag and it will have one of these um, extending little loops so you won't lose it thinking about their strengths, okay, um, trying to not focus too heavily on what they can't do um, and using all the things that they are really good at and keep on mentioning that, you know, keep on saying you're so good at doing this, so let's write that in that. You're so good at using a, visu a visual schedule, so let's make a visual timetable for X, Y, and Z, okay. Um, also just changing things, changing plans and saying, actually, we thought we were going to do it this way. Now that didn't work. So let's try it another way and showing them that, you know, starting to teach that whole idea of flexibility. Um, and, and the same thing with negotiating. So your kids or kids do push back. You know, and it might be that things go perfectly for a few weeks and then suddenly they're like, no, I don't want to do it. Um, and, and that could be that they're tired or they're just really stressed. And it's really important to meet them halfway and say, okay, I can see that you're tired today. So why don't I do one shoe and you do the other? Or I'll put on one sock and you put on the other sock. Um, you know, and just it is about being flexible. Um it's about them just trying and giving it a go. So being able to tolerate the discomfort rather than doing things for them. So even though I can see that you're not doing um, sweeping the floor in a certain way that I like, I'm going to not say, oh, let me just do it for you. I'm going to 
encourage you. I'm going to let you do it your way and feel proud that actually you have swept up most of the floor. And in your eyes, you've done a good job because you can then tweak that rather than immediately going, oh, you've not done a very good job. And then it's kind of, well, what's the point? Why should I keep on trying? If that makes sense. Okay. Um, keeping them motivated, um, keeping them incentivized is really, really important and gradually removing the support that you're giving them. So either by making things harder or just saying, okay, today you can do all of that yourself. Or do you know what? I'm pretty sure you can do your socks and your shoes all on your own rather than I'm going to do this part of it or I'm going to do that part of it for you. Um, And then just checking in with them, especially as they get older, saying, okay, are you on track for finishing your homework? Are you on track for doing your art project or building your castle or whatever it is um, at that time. Okay. Um, So really important is to think about practicing your own self-control. Okay. Your own frustration tolerance is going to be tested. So practicing that, um, and, and working through your own difficulties with executive functioning, thinking about how you're going to collaborate with them, you know, thinking, okay, so I want you involved. I want you included in helping me solve these problems. I want you to, um, what do you think we should do first? How do you think we should do it? And that's just going to make that child feel like they have, um, you know, what you're saying is valued and or what they are saying is valued and that you want their input and that's going to build their self-esteem in that sense okay um showing compassion so if you see they're struggling and saying oh my gosh I can see this is so hard for you how can I help or which bit can I do to make it easier for you um and and saying things like you've had such a long day let me do this for you today So just showing that you do, you see them and you see how hard it is that they are trying. Um, Again, consistency is just that routine, keep it simple and try not to overcomplicate things. So just keep it really simple, keep it really basic until they've completely mastered that skill um, and still keep it consistent because that's what they're going to come back to when they're having a difficult day or they've had a fight with their best friend or they're just feeling really tired or they're feeling ill, having really simple routines in place is going to be really comforting and something that they know they can get um, a feeling of success from by doing the same thing. Um, and then remembering to, to celebrate their achievements. Um, you know, while your child is learning a new skill. So, oh, yes, you've now you are now able to do the first loop on your shoe when you're learning to tie your shoelaces. Um, That's so great. Last week you couldn't do that bit. And just verbalizing what it is that they're doing and just keeping on and on and on praising that. Okay. Um, There are a number of games that you can play. Um, these are some of my favorites. So double is probably my most favorite game at the moment. I'm hoping you guys are all familiar with it. It's kind of like a snap game, but it also has loads of different versions. So there's a Harry Potter version or kids version, a food version. Um, and I use it a lot for working on the whole idea of emotional regulation on the idea of how you're going to scan is having a plan um, if you aren't doing as well as your friends you know how you're going to cope with that um, so yeah I absolutely love double Simon is a memory game as well I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with it you start off and it might show you yellow so you press yellow and then they increase the patterns it might go yellow red then yellow red blue Um, And you've got to keep up that pattern and see how high a score you can get. Um, Games like Spot the Difference. 
really, really good game to do, really easy as well. And it's quite easy to make your own spot the difference games. So taking a picture of a child's bedroom, for example, or their desk, and then editing it with your basic um, Photoshop skills, well, my basic Photoshop skills, um, and then saying, oh, what's different? Because it's it's theirs, it makes it real, you then automatically get a much better buy-in or that they are more excited about that game. Um, things like, you know, yeah, Jenga or, I mean, there's so many games out there at the moment you know, just, and they keep on just evolving and evolving. Um, But you don't have to spend a lot of money on games if you, you know, you can do simple things like just sorting objects in alphabetical order, but you might have all the items that they have to sort are start with the letter A, for example. Um, Any general knowledge games like your Trivial Pursuit or Trivial Pursuit for Kids, um, things where they have to solve problems. I don't know if anyone currently plays Wordle or Nerdle or Quirdle, any of those. Um, it's that kind of that problem-solving game. I learned um, a really good one, and I, I'm you know amazed that I've not seen it before. It's the game of boxes. I don't know if you guys know that with all the dots. And you then have to draw little lines to make a box, but also you've got to think about preventing someone else from making a box. And, um, yeah, it's like it's one of my new favourite games. Um, So anything like that, you know, like Connect Four, another great game where you've got to think where you can take it even more simply than that and think about, um, you know, noughts and crosses or three in a row, for example. Um, So, yeah, those are just some of the things that you can do. 